episode 110 of the frame skip podcast i am austin eller and i'm joined by george the flash again himself he's the flash this time i'm Walt wearing a flash this time i'm great i'm flashing it up uh wally west he's flashing is now the, us yeah i'm flashing the whole internet right now wally west <laughs> is now the flash in dc comics good riddance to barry allen never liked that dude hate cops especially nerd cops who are clearly virgins. So pretty happy to have Wally back in the fold. Wally, that's nice. Oh, okay. Um, I'm also joined by Seth. Uh, Towns Slake House. All Flashes are <laughs> nerds. <laughs> I'm sick of it. <laughs> they do a lot of math for Super. They do a lot of rooting continuities, they do. Speaking of continuity, you know... We kind of broke continuity with this episode because we have a fourth member who hasn't been here in approximately four months. Has it been that long? I'm pretty sure it was like before my wedding. I'm pretty sure. I might be wrong about that, but yes, the coach Kyle Newman is here. That's He's back. Months, but okay. He's back in business. <laughs> yes, summer is over. I'm back. My favorite joke to make in your absence has always been like, oh, you can find Austin at Austin J. Eller. You can find Seth at Seth the 90s Kid. You can find Coach probably in a gym somewhere pumping iron. That's been every week. No joke. Yeah, every working, week. On, working, on, working on them beautiful biceps of his. That was my, my running joke whenever I hosted an episode in your absence. Also, Coach, one minute ago you asked if I shave my neck. I do shave yeah. my neck. It's just that like recently this? I haven't given um, a this? care at all. Act like I a Jesus like Christ, a breaching whale. I haven't like a breaching whale. a week, so. Okay. Just, well, I wish that, you know, those listening to the show could see any of what we're talking about, but they can't. So here we are. <laughs> Seth, let's see, let's see the throat one more time. Oh. All right, take like a screenshot. That's going on. The, going on <laughs> so I can make, I'll make that the thumbnail for this week's episode. How are you guys? I'm great, bud. Very good. Feeling good in the neighborhood. It's been a while. Since we've had everybody on, feels good to be here. And we got a lot to talk about, like games. So, Seth, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing one game and one game only. And I completed that game approximately two days ago, Austin Eller. That game was uh, Trails of Cold Steel 4. The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel Congratulations. The quadology is complete. The stars have aligned. And I still don't feel any different about this series. Was that like hour 800? Um, let me open my Steam profile and <laughs> to this <clears throat> game, I have 148 hours. Good lord! Whoa, and that is one playthrough, my, my friend. One, <laughs> they're all that long. Actually. That's too much. Yeah, it is. It is. You could actually cut out about 50% of this series, and you could still have a very coherent story. Um, I hate my life. The last, <laughs> the last dungeon lasted twenty hours. I want to reiterate the last, the finale dungeon lasted twenty hours. So then you have a situation in which you fight the the final boss, and they don't give you the true ending, right? I, you thought you thought you were done. And then I was like, well, okay, how do you get the true ending? The true ending is you reload the save that you just completed. 
and you fight another boss that takes approximately an hour to beat. And by the end of it, you're just so exhausted. I was like, I just want this game to end. Just take it away from me. So naturally, <clears throat> today I downloaded the next game in the series. <laughs> <laughs> That's about. I was about to ask you that. You know. Are you going to continue? So you you do plan to continue with the series? I don't know why. I don't know what's pushing me. But I feel like there might be some sort of like psychological sunken cost fallacy thing where I'm like, well, I've already dumped 500 hours into this series. I might as well just keep going because I don't hate it all the time, right? It's only when like the games just trudge along that I, I can't stand. But like there's awesome world building and awesome characters and like really cool scenes and like the combat is like, you know, as good as persona five, I would say as far as turn-based combat goes, I just don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to play that series because that would take me several years. So, um, good to know though. Good to know that somebody physically has the capability to beat the four, four games that you played <laughs> so i don't know if you guys ever heard this but i actually picked up the first game like seven years ago i have the ps3 collector's edition of it and i played the first you know hour of it and i was like i don't like this i'm putting it down but i had heard that these were like super long hard rpgs and i tried it again i got maybe 10 hours in and i was like nope this is definitely not for me right well, then when we were living together, Pedro one day just comes downstairs and just goes, hey, I beat Trails of Cold Steel. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> and that's how I had to actually complete Trails of Cold Steel because I couldn't just let him leave me behind like that. Wonderful. How, how much of your life is dictated by Pedro? I don't know. He's one of my best friends, so you gotta imagine approximately thirty percent. I was thinking like twenty <laughs> to twenty-eight percent, but yeah, thirty. It sounds like thirty according to the past few podcasts we've done. Yeah. <laughs> won't ever touch Street Fighter again. I won't played, touch Street Fighter. Played six hundred hours of Trails of Cold Steel because Pedro beat him to it. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> I, well, I can't just let him beat Trails of Cold Steel and me just sitting here like some loser. <laughs> I was forced to beat Trails of Cold Steel. I, I don't know. And then I just it, it somehow I ended up where I am now. Is he caught up on the series, or did you beat him to to four? He beat four approximately a year ago. But see, I have him now. I have him in my clutches because he's very technologically illiterate. So this next game, Trails into Reverie, right? I have an English patch attached to it on my PC. And I'm going to beat it before him. God's willing, I will beat this game before Pedro. It kind of sounds like dog years. Like like one Pedro hour equates to seven Seth hours. <laughs> I don't know how he beats him so fast. I, I got like one Trails game in me per year. And that's 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 a journey I'll go on. Yeah. And now I, like, I don't want to play any more RPGs. But I have to. <laughs> So you didn't look tired when we started the podcast, but you look tired now that we've been talking about Trails of Cold Steel. Yeah, you're like emotionally, <laughs> physically drained. Yeah, just I am. I am. It was funny the other night because I was playing it, and I told Caitlin, I was like, "I'm almost done with it." And then, like seven hours later, I'm like, "I'm on the last part." I swear to God. 
<laughs> we'll watch like a movie or something after I'm done. And then it just kept going, man. It just never stops. I don't know. But you know what the crazy thing is? That I found out about this series? It's a Japanese series. But most of its sales numbers come from the Chinese and Korean market. Huh. It's actually not that big in Japan. It's very I weird. wonder why. I don't know. Uh, speaking of Japan, Seth. Yeah. You've been learning Japanese. Uh, I have been learning Japanese. I have. It's a weird language. <laughs> what prompted you to, to, to make this venture? I don't remember. Oh, okay. now I remember. It was because I was going to try and play the next Trails game without so wait a second hold on <laughs> you're learning Christ. japanese because you <laughs> yes <laughs> okay you're too far deep in on this one man i'm, Somebody, I'm like... we need like a mediator between you and the tales of cold trails of no, cold listen, steel series like <clears throat> they take years to translate these games for some reason and i don't know why like the fans have already translated trails into Re- reverie right i have a a fan translated patch on my computer that I'm running. But like the official translations take like two or three years to come out and that's generous. So I'm like, well, I've always wanted to learn Japanese anyway. Let me try and learn this and I can like, kind of practice while I'm playing through these games, which are all, you know, super like visual novels. So whatever. That's, that was my goal. And it's going along pretty well. I feel like I'm learning Japanese quite, quite quickly. Very good. It's an easier like language it. to learn than people think. Is what I don't I've like. Realized. I don't like how the context is is flipped. And like like I told you before, there's. It's weird that the context of the sentence is at the end of the statement. I don't get it. I always screwed up. <laughs> it's out of it's all out of order because English works in subject uh, verb object. Yeah. Format whereas Japanese works in subject object verb format so like the verb is always the final thing in the sentence yeah I mean, you gotta listen so, to the whole statement before true. you understand what's happening it's true. it's true which is why we had to listen to your entire thing about trails of series to figure out that you're learning japanese because of the trails of series so speaking of gamers you know we're here we're talking about games coach i hear you've been playing a lot what's going on so i haven't been really playing anything like, I just haven't had time, right? Time, and it's not that I don't have desire. It's just um, I had to put work priorities first. So um, just being here today was like a step in the right direction for me to kind of, like, get back. I installed Mass Effect Legendary Edition on the PS4. So the... The Platinum isn't really that difficult to get. So it was a toss-up between that or um, God of War. So I think I'm going to go with uh, Mass Effect. Have you ever played Mass Effect before? Never. Okay. This one. Oh, man. Why? You, you love Star Wars. You I, think, this. I think you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, but he has this, gr- this grin on his face. Why? What's up? What am I in for? Well, you just said that like Mass Effect's an easy platinum, but I feel like you can only say that if you don't know the context of the series, because Mass Effect is a very large game. Right. It is a super easy platinum, though. He's 100% right. You know what I don't like about Mass Effect? Let me tell you about this right now. I'm, 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 I'm Andromeda. 
I'm like, you know, I don't like Andromeda. That's true. But I don't like how they went back and they were like, hey, we're remastering the series and we're like improving the combat dynamics and stuff like that. And then like the game barely plays any better than it did in 2006 in the Legendary Edition. And it's very frustrating to me because the first Mass Effect has the best story out of all three of them. And it has it the worst gameplay in the history of mankind. And that is a fact. <laughs> I never played the the uh, legendary edition. I I need to try it out at some point. I need to just buy it. Well, I do think a... they, if I remember correctly, I do think they improved the um, vehicle shooting. What's the what's that vehicle? Mako, George? Is it the Mako? Is that the Mako? Yeah. yeah. Did you try it, George? Yeah, I, I platinum the first one. I platinum the second one. And I started the third one. Then I was like so burnt out on Mass Effect because I did those in like back to back weeks. I just had to take a break. And like it, I don't think it really plays any different. Like the, the part that's less frustrating. I like, I just remember dying a lot in the original Mass Effect, and like the load yeah. times are way better. So like that made combat easier, just because like if I died, it was fine. But then like I, I don't think the combat was ever that bad. I agree, it's the worst of the three, but I don't think it's like I'm not going to play this game bad. That makes I just sense. remember driving up on mounds to aim the Mako gun because you didn't have vertical aiming with the Mako cannon. Yeah, that that, that happened a lot. Do you remember yeah. that? It was cool having a car that could jump. Coach, I'm really happy for you. Just as like a big Star Wars fan, I think you will enjoy Mass Effect. It is probably in like my top five like sci-fi properties. Like I, I just Mass think it's such a cool world. Might be like number two for me. Maybe number one. Yeah, it's Maybe very high one. for me too. I think Mass Effect Universe is better than the Star Wars Universe. I'd agree with that. I think Gundam Universe is better than anything ever. Yeah, watch more Universe. Gundam gets wacky. <laughs> Gundam gets wacky, dude. In different timelines, that's fine. Coach, anything else besides Mass Effect? So, last week I was messing around with Paper Mario on the uh, Nintendo Switch Online, and I was having some serious um latency issues however um i went online and did some checking and in order for the nintendo 64 like the whole online um switch online stuff to work your tv needs to be in game mode so once i put it into game mode it was like it was right there so do okay so i have a, i have a weird issue Speaking about TVs, I got a new TV for my room. It's a 43-inch, I think, and it's great. It's beautiful. I love the TV. Here's, here's the issue. It doesn't fit on the bookshelf that I had set up in my room. I cannot wall mount this TV because it's, I have very angled ceilings, as you can see. Can't do it. I need it to swivel because I want to play games in that room and also watch TV in bed. So I cannot find a small little entertainment center with like a swivel head on it. And I don't know what to do about this. I'm about to go like buy one of those office swivels that like have roll out the TV and you could like, I don't know what to do. Can't you get a sheet of plywood and just put it on top of your bookshelf as like a, a new base and you could anchor it against the wall. That is a good idea, man. What are you, some kind of carpenter, no. George? Oh, no, no, but my dad was a carpenter. So here is here is the one thing that I forgot to mention. In that story is that that bookshelf that I was on, for some reason, s fell apart. 
and now it's being held together with a two by four and duct tape. Okay, so don't, don't do what I suggested. Also, yeah, I feel so a little misled with my suggestion. Uh, Just I'll bring, go to I'll bring like, Go to like uh, Goodwill, places like that that might have furniture, or if there's a used office furniture store in uh, in one of your big cities in Pennsylvania. I don't know what to do about it. It's it's frustrating me very much. There's, there seems to be no good solution. I'm about to just build a table. Do it. Do it it's not it. that hard. Austin, what are you up to? You haven't talked about yourself at all. Well, I need to ask George. Oh, what are, George, what, what, what in the world have you been up to before I get to myself? I've played two games. <laughs> one of them I played with Austin, so I'm going to save that one, and we okay. can have like a, a deeper discussion, but I started playing uh, Mobile Suit Gundam SD Battle Alliance, the new Gundam game that released digitally. I'm playing it on on PlayStation Five, and the big problem with Gundam games is that um, they're usually not very good. I think that's like my biggest gripe when it comes to Gundam games is they're either really boring or they're just too crazy. And this one is a complete fan service story where. There's no such thing as like a straightforward Gundam game. Like there's so many different timelines. You're never just going to drop into like the one year war from like the Universal Century. You're never going to fight like in a straightforward Gundam series because there's too many Gundam series and fans want different things. So they always come up with like this weird story to explain why all these different Gundams from all these different series are appearing in the same game. And so in this one, you're fighting in the one year war in one second, and then you're pulled out into this place called the G universe, which is like apparently like an omnipresent timeline where everything is legitimate and happened realistically. And you're basically being Osmosis Jones. You're supposed to fix the timelines. You're going into these different situations where something goes wrong. So for example, I, in the first level, I was just playing this not that long ago. I am in a Zaku from the Universal Century timeline, and I'm supposed to help Gundam uh, Barbados with like something from the end of that series. Basically, I'm not going to spoil it. But as we're making our way through a scenario that is very appropriate for um, Mobile Suit Gundam, was it Blood Orphans? What's that series called, Seth? Iron-Blooded Orphans. Iron-Blooded Orphans, thank you. As we're making our way through a scenario that's very realistic to that, all of a sudden things just change. And I'm not fighting like the typical grunt units from that. I'm fighting Leos from Gundam Wing. And then at the end of that level, I'm fighting with Barbados against Gundam Epion in my Zaku 2. So it's just like a real, like it really feels like someone just took action figures from all their different series and they're just smacking them together as hard as they can to try to make a fun video game. And the video game for the most part is fun. The controls are really frustrating. It's just like a third person action game. And there's you can't use the camera like you can't use like the right analog stick. The right tr- analog click in like R3 is how you lock on to someone. But it also is how you recenter the camera. So when I'm trying to like acquire a new target because I'm trying to time out my moves, uh, I'm constantly either picking someone or just like looking straight ahead of me. So it's really frustrating. It makes the game feel really claustrophobic. All the levels are incredibly small, which adds to that level of claustrophobia. But it just feels really good to have, you know, Gundam back in my life as a video game. So that, for the most part, is is what I'm enjoying. Um, so I wanted to say, when are we going to talk about Bandai Namco's inconsistency? Because Bandai Namco creates some of the greatest... RPGs, I would say, currently with the Tales series. 
and they are really good action games as well. They're, they're, they have like a fighting game mixture with them, and they're extremely high quality. And Bandai Namco makes a ton of really high quality games, but also they make a ton of really low quality games with really low quality developers, right? Why? <laughs> Why don't we get like yeah. a real dude? A Gundam action game with like really cool mechanics should be a shoo-in. It should be like so easy. That series is extremely popular, and we do not have a single amazing Gundam game. It's been going on. When did the first uh, series come out, George? 78, 77. And I would argue that the Gundam fighting games that we got on PS1 were probably the best Gundam games we ever got. And that's yeah, there's really a, there's a couple on PS2, but they were just like kind of generic arcade shooters, which like I'm fine yeah. with, right? Like it used like the Gotcha Force engine, and like it was fun, but like they weren't good. I mean, it's just it's so frustrating, man. Like you, there is so much to explore with Gundam video games, and they do not take advantage of it. And I don't know what it is because like there's other huge series that Bandai Namco just absolutely you know fumbles Dis- disrespects yeah shonen jump they made a show they made like three shonen jump games they're just fighting games with like the most historic fighting game characters of all time right and they fumbled the ball on every single one of them they fumbled the ball on the, all the naruto games they fumbled the ball on um the, all the sword art online games they completely missed the shot with the sword art online games i don't understand what Bandai namco is doing yeah it makes Some no those, sense. Those sword art games were so poorly made. Yes. Like looking back on it, like I still played them because we had nothing else. But they were just I mean, you could have released those in nineteen ninety five and probably would have been exactly the same as what they turned yeah. out when they released in twenty fifteen. I don't get what, what Bandai Namco's doing over there. Because it, it's it's like they have like an A team and then like an E team, and there's no in between. But then you've got two like um was it Smash for 3DS and Wii U that was made primarily by Bandai? Am I recalling yeah. that correctly? Yeah, Dude, they those make games really were fantastic. So. They make really good games. Yeah. Um, Scarlet Nexus, right, was a great game. Bandai Namco, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, Dark Souls, right, Code Vein. These games are great. Why do they make just great games and then crap games? It doesn't make any sense. They made the Soul Calibur series, right? An, an excellent fighting game series. Soul Calibur is one of the, the most legendary fighting game series of all time. Why can't they make a good Gundam game? It's really frustrating because, like, as I mentioned earlier, I think Gundam is, like, my favorite sci-fi property of all time, right? And the last good Gundam game I can remember, I had to import it from, like, from Japan off eBay, and it's Gundam UC Side Stories 81, right? But like, again, like they just they can never tell just like a straightforward story. And that's what bums me out the most. Like everything has to be like omniversal presence. And I understand why. But like, I really think that's hindering the game. Like I'm tired Mm of of always like having to like a flirty AI talk to me about how I need to correct the timelines. It's like, why don't you just like make like a war game? Right. And like Gundam Evolution, like they're. Their Overwatch clone, that's a great game. That is like a legitimately incredibly enjoyable game. I got to play the the beta, like the open weekend. That was so much fun. I cannot wait for that game to come out. But again, that's also like, that's a great game. It's a Gundam game, but that is not like the Gundam game I'm looking for. Like I want right. something 
not even like Armored Core, but something that just takes itself more seriously than any game that ever gets released in the West. And I, I just don't think it's ever going to happen, which is unfortunate because that was all we got on the PlayStation 2 era. And that's really frustrating. Yep, I agree. Well, speaking of other games we've been playing, George, you've got one. I've got one. We've both been playing it. We talked about this on last week's show. I think this is the only time we've like committed to something and actually made it happen. And we both played Destiny 2. And I haven't played since Vanilla. George, you haven't played in... I haven't played years, in you said? probably like a year, maybe a year yeah. and a half. I got really into it again, like after Trials of Osiris. And then I think yeah. the Forsaken DLC was like the last time I played, but that was a couple DLCs ago. And Witch Queen just came out not too long ago. They teased, what is it? Not Light Beyond Fall. Light. Lightfall, I that's think. the one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And dude, I'm addicted all over again. I forgot... Yeah why I left destiny to begin with. Yeah. I loved destiny one when it came out. I loved destiny two when it came out, but I, for both of them, I never picked up the expansions. And so two, I got all the expansions. I'm way back in now. And just, man, I forgot how good mechanically that game is. I mean, it's like a masterclass first person shooter wise. Some of those mechanics are so, so, so good. And yeah. We've, ta- we've talked about it. On. I think, it's yeah. like the best feeling headshot that you could possibly do yep. like of the last 10 years, probably. Yep. What's changed since Blizzard left? I don't know all the details, but I know that people seem genuinely positive about all the new expansions that they've released ever since they left Blizzard. And of course, Sony owns them now, which is crazy. But um, I know Witch Queen, I hear nothing but like superb things about i don't know what you've heard george but i've i've just heard that witch queen is like top tier some of the best first person shooter design of all time yeah i've got a a clan that like i stayed a member of these past few years even when i wasn't playing and like they just had a discord channel and they had other channels in in that discord so like oh i talk about comics i like you know stay in touch with people right talk about tv shows all that stuff but like never talk about destiny i just took a break from it and I jumped back in. I was like, hey, everyone, like, I'm back. I'm looking to get back into it. I, I hope you'll have me. Like, if you see me online, please shoot an invite. And everyone was, like, super welcoming. They were just happy to have someone else to play with. And yeah. all they could talk about was, like, you need to play, like, the Witch Queen campaign. It's incredible. I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm jumping back in. I don't understand the story anymore. <laughs> I don't even understand the mechanics anymore. Like, I think the simplest Destiny was Destiny 1 after probably, right. like, the first raid release, like after Atheon came out. And that was like a structure that I could really understand. And now there's just so much going on. I think the UI has gotten better because like they highlight which events will actually get you better gear with just like a little yellow circle. Um, But like finding the story and finding out where to go and finding quests, I think has gotten harder to do. But honestly, it's not like a turnoff for me as much as it is just like making me more curious and like making me fight to better understand what's going on so i'm yeah i'm in man this is going to be like a new i hope like weekly weekly ritual that we jump into playing destiny together the content is incredible i mean it's very clear that the game is just extraordinarily expansive now um there's so much to do and so much to see and they've they've really made it for better or worse like some of the mechanics of like the RPG kind of elements of the game. So like all the little mods you can do for your weapons and like the class mods, they've really expanded that stuff. Like I I had not realized how many little things you could go in and and adjust now. 
So to me, what I've seen is they've, for better or worse, there's probably a larger learning curve now, but they've really expanded the systems of the game to make it more MMO-esque in a way. And so I, uh, I'm just totally in. I've, I've been playing it pretty much every day and just in love. I'm so glad to revisit it. And it plays fantastic on PS5. It's making me a nerd, man. I'm looking stuff up on YouTube, like how to find certain guns, how to like understand the yep. story, just like certain lore videos. Like it's it's really yep. starting to consume my life in like a, a pretty fun way, to be honest. It feels almost like a sport, just like having something entirely new and expansive to catch yep. up on. So it's been a lot of fun. And I love to um, this was not a thing in the game when I played it last, but they've added cross play so you can play with anybody on any platform. So Andy and I, Andy was playing the Steam version last night and I was playing on PS5 and we were playing together. And it also has cross-save. So if you're playing on PS5 and jump to PC, your save carries with you. And I just love the flexibility of the game now too. So many so many cool little things that they've changed over time. So Awesome. But that's all I've been playing. Now that Coach is here, finally, I would like to bring up Gotham Knights. Because, (laughs) Coach, did you see the Harley Quinn uh, boss fight that came out? No, I haven't. After they did their little presentation in the summer, I've lost all interest in that game. Um, This is a game that I was super, super excited for. But the more I see of it, the more I'm like, what are you doing? I, Dude, you can make a really fun boss fight like out of Harley Quinn, right? And the, first off, Austin and George, did you guys watch the Harley Quinn boss fight that they released? No, I just pulled it up right now, and I'm I'm watching it as we're talking. I don't know what they're doing with this game, and I don't know why they keep showing off things that look so bad. It's almost like they're purposefully trying to tank it because they relegated to Harley Quinn to like just swinging her hammer around and maybe the worst Harley Quinn design I've ever seen. I get they were they were going for more of like a yeah, crazy her design look. Is awful. For Harley Quinn. Um, But I also think it's weird because Harley Quinn hasn't been viewed as a villain maybe since the last Arkham game. And and I don't really... I mean, man, I just feel like this gameplay looks... I'm watching it right now. 10 or so years old. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It looks like an early PS3 game. It looks so slow and like just not very fluid and you've got for i guess it's like the counter attacks i don't know how it works i know in the arkham games you know when somebody was attacking you you'd have the little like bat symbol or whatever it was like appear above your head that's supposed to indicate, yeah like you're supposed to hit y or whatever it is to counter i don't know what it is but when she's attacking there are like red circles appearing around her hands that i guess that's supposed to indicate the counter move and just doesn't really look good from a ui standpoint so this is really disappointing to me because i like the bat family more than i like batman like nightwing red hood robin batgirl like i like them i think they're way cooler than batman and i was always really excited for this game and i'm just like man it just doesn't feel right like something's really missing the mark and it, it doesn't feel like a modern game it feels like a game that came out in 2008 i think i don't know George, what, what's your take on Gotham Knights? I never really cared about this game, to be honest, just because, like, I 
have only played Arkham Asylum. I never finished City. I never finished Night. And I just really like I I really value those games as like single player experiences. And so like this is the the co op one, right? Where like it, it's supposed to be more of like games as a service. I mean, yeah, it's it's supposed to be like a, a co op game, but it's not related to the Arkham games supposedly in any way. Even though it's kind of it looks exactly the same. That's clearly. <laughs> and Nightwing <laughs> fights exactly the same with the same stance and everything as the Arkham games. So I'm not really sure what the deal is, but um. I don't know, man. It's just, I thought it'd be really cool to like jump in. The first red flag should have been when they were like, it's not four player co op, it's only two player co op. That should have been the first red flag. But then, like, they shoot like these weird Fortnite like animations. And I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. And I'm, I'm, I, they keep showing off like abysmal stuff. So here's my thinking on this is. And this is what I felt at first is if it's not broke, don't fix it. You can adapt. You can make changes and you can make it feel different with keeping the same um, fighting mechanics as the previous games. Because that's why we loved it is because it just flowed so well, right? And to me, just looking at this, it's just a... I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know what their ultimate goal is, what game they want to produce. It it just looks, it, it looks, everything I've seen is just unsatisfying to the max yeah. where I'm just, I don't care about this game. I think the, the, the top comment on the Reddit thread for this um, Harley Quinn trailer First off, why why would you release a, a trailer, uh, not a trailer, but like a, a gameplay of a boss fight? It's it's kind of weird, but yeah, it says as far as boss fights go, that looked very boring. Harley Quinn has so much potential as a chaotic boss fight, but they chose to focus on her swinging around a hammer. This game is in such a weird place for me. It doesn't look bad, but it hasn't done anything that excites me either. It feels like a safe generic ARPG, but I wish it would more. But I wish it was more. That 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 perfectly encapsulates kind of how i feel about it just it's very generic and boring and there's no reason it should be like that i think i think they're missing the mark completely that's the thing it's so disappointing because i remember when they first announced this game i mean the overall concept of a multiplayer co-op bat family game like the arkham series i mean that just sounds wonderful um but then like you said seth you got the announcement that it's only two player even though you have four characters and you Look at gameplay like this. I mean, I just can't think of any other word for this gameplay other than slow. Like, it just looks slow. There is nothing exciting and energetic about the combat that I'm watching right now. No, and, um, and Nightwing should be, like, extremely fast. And, you know, what's interesting. You know, what's interesting is Arkham City raised the bar, right, for comic book games, okay? Then Spider-Man came on, and that pushed it through the roof. So for me, any more games that come out, like you have this one and then you have uh, Suicide Squad next year, right? Supposedly. Did they yeah. do? Yeah. yeah. They didn't push that to 2024? It's still not coming yet. out next year? Okay. Not yet, right? So that's what I'm judging this game off is, is how, uh, how is it going to be compared to, to Spider-Man? Because right now, to me, that's the best game for comic books right there. 
And this one's being developed by Warner Brothers, right? Like this isn't Rocksteady. This isn't the Arkham team. Yeah, this is WB yeah. Montreal who did um, Arkham Origins and they ported uh, City over to the Wii U. Gotcha. That's, I mean, it's disappointing. Like, I personally never really got into the Arkham series. I just didn't like the art direction, to be honest. Like, I didn't like Batman's suit. I didn't like the way the world looked. I really, really liked Asylum. Like, I thought that was just, like, a great game. And then City came out, like, a week before midterms for me, my senior year of college. So, like, I played it for a couple days, and I was like, I'll come back to it. And then all of a sudden, you know, 10 years went by, and I never went back to it. I just never found like that take on Gotham particularly interesting. So I, I always kind of stayed away, but I was like letting myself get excited for this game. And uh, I, it just feels like they're just saying like all the wrong things. Like it feels like this was a game that they wish could have come out four years ago, but it's just like taking so long to develop that like everything that we wanted four years ago, like the goalposts have already shifted. So like this game is, not made for a modern audience, but is made for someone in the past. Like it was, you know, some ghost idea of a good game. And so that it just seems like it's already behind the ball. That's a really good take. Agreed. 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 I concur. Agreed. Here, here. <laughs> I won the podcast, guys. Look at that. <laughs> George, I hear we're going to have an update on something we set forth like the first of this year. I know we're all going to be disappointed, so here we are. We are. You mentioned are it we? at the top of the show when we were talking. About, I mean, Seth is doing pretty well. Uh, we <laughs> mentioned at the top of the show about, like, we played Destiny because we said we would play Destiny on the podcast and we wanted to follow through. So in the uh, in the spirit of following through, we are reevaluating our, our gaming goals that we set forth at the beginning of the year. Um, how do you guys want to do this? Do you want to do, like, one goal each or do you want to do one person, analyze, and then move on to the next person? That's how I want to do it. Yeah, do so, that one. Do okay. it how you want to do it, buddy. All right. So uh, starting with Elijah. Elijah can't be with us tonight. Uh, love Elijah. Miss Elijah. So just to get his out of the way, because he is very much a part of the show. He wanted to beat 52 games. He wanted to reach 200 Platinums. When we recorded our goals episode, he was at 117. And uh, specifically of those 52 games he wanted to beat, he wanted half of them, 26, to be indie games, quote unquote, which is just, I think, smaller studios to uh, g- give them some attention. And uh, according to his Twitter, he's on pace to actually beat 52 games this year. I'm not sure about the the indie game designation, but I think he is doing well and living up to his goal that he set. But we will check back in with him sometime soon and hopefully get him back on the show uh, towards the end of the year so we could talk about that. (sighs) All right, Coach, do you want to go next or do you want Seth to go next? No, I'll go next because mine's short and sweet. It sure is. All right, I got you right here. I just I took notes when we were recording. Coach, goal one, getting my feet wet with platinums. I want a platinum quarterly, but I really want 10. Uh, difficult with training and job. So you wanted to get to 10 platinums. What's No, the the realistic was quarterly. Quarterly, yeah. So I got one in the first quarter, not in the nice. second quarter. So next month we end the third quarter. So I gotta somehow make up for the spring. And get one in the fall and the winter. So, hey man, you got Mass Effect, baby. Yeah. So we'll see. And um, yeah, I just haven't. I honestly haven't been gaming at all this year. So after after we once we got into April, and uh, we were focusing on the state exams, I kind of had to put everything to the side. So 
Very cool. I personally haven't really cared about gaming since around April either, so I I get it. Like, I bought Ghostwire Tokyo, and I was so excited for that game. I played three hours of it, and I was like, I'm good. Moving on. Coach's second goal. Not hyped for Gotham Knights. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No for Coach. Yeah, Nostracochus over here. Uh, But I want to go through and play the Arkham games again, Asylum City Origins Night, and work them into editing videos. So I remember I kind of started the uh, Arkham Night. And as I was playing, I just like, I just couldn't get into it. Like, I just couldn't get into it. So, um, yeah, that one just no go on that one fair enough i think this next one you might be able to get more into but we'll see your third and final goal really two goals you've 95 percented donkey kong tropical freeze you wanted to go back and 100 percent donkey kong returns and donkey kong tropical freeze sitting on my shelf right over there okay perfect <laughs> <laughs> so it could still happen yeah, could still happen. Man, we still got like three months of the year, man. You know, it's so hard to figure out like what game I'm in the mood for that will keep me, you know, maybe debating like, do I stay up an extra hour so I could get through this or, you know, so it's just, uh, it's a struggle right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And plus my, my, my heart right now is I've been doing a lot of research, um, on bike packing, which is something phenomenal, especially in West Texas and New Mexico. So I've been putting a lot of my time in, in, into that as well. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm just going to focus. You mean you're packing your bike? Yeah. You, 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 you okay. Into a bag. No. <laughs> into you a put sandwich. bags on your bike and you just go out and you go mountain bike. It's, it's mountain biking. Security. Yes. Drugs. Area fifty one. Vapes with marijuana, you know. Sneaking that bike on an airplane. Yes. So um, your emotional support bike. <laughs> so there's a lot of uh a lot of different types of gear, you know, that you have to um you, that you need to get. So handguns. Yes. You say Shovel. bike nuts? Bike nuts. Yes, that's what he like said. The, yes. like, like those truck nuts, but for a bike. Yeah, that'd be great. Yes. <laughs> they make them. You know that they make them for sure. They, they make them. There's no there's no way this podcast was the first group of people to come up with bike nuts. And if we were, give us back our idea. They absolutely <laughs> do make them. Truck nuts get turned into a bouncing bike light and they light up. <laughs> well, that's cool. Coach, that'd be great. That way you can bike at night. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! It's Have so some cool. balls dangling around. I, you know what? I'm proud of you. When's your birthday, Coach? Might send you some bike nuts. May 28th. Oh, okay, next year. Next year. Oh, um, speaking of birthdays, mine's tomorrow. Oh, no way! Yeah. Happy, happy All right. birthday. How old are you gonna be? 29. Gross. What? Look 29. at that. 29. Oh Jesus! The big two nine. Yeah. You're just like two years older than my son. (laughs) I am. That is true. That is true. That is wild. 
Do you, are you saying I'm young or I'm old? I'm not really young. sure. Oh, I'm not young. young. Almost 30, Coach. In my experience, I'm I'm 32. I turned 32 in July. In my experience, uh, 29 is way worse than 30 because you spend your entire 29th year worrying about turning 30. And by the time you turn 30, you're just you're too exhausted to care about being. 30. I don't know if I care about turning 30. I felt like I've been old since 23. So, yeah, I you know what? You're not the first person to say that. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'll, I'm just saying. I'll just say saying this. 30s was the best time of my life. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 30s. Well, that whole decade was. It was good. I was here, just got here, um, single, working through that divorce, and just having fun along the way. Well, I can tell you this. Every Saturday, we order pizza at work, so I don't know how much better it gets from here, buddy. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, speaking of Seth and his pizza parties, uh, Seth had three goals. Goal number one was to not sweat it. Just don't worry about it. Quote, man, I got all these games in my backlog. I got to force myself to play this. I don't care anymore. It's not a big deal. If you want to, you'll make the time for it. If I really want to play this, I would. It wouldn't be in my backlog. That was goal number one. <laughs> hold on. Hold like on. I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue that Seth has failed at this. Oh, because, no. because Trails of Cold Steel 4 happened. What's number two, And we just two, had a George? whole conversation about how he felt forced to play this game. Seth's, <laughs> Seth's second goal was to beat Trails of Cold Steel 4. <laughs> and Seth's third goal was to complete the other two goals. <laughs> so, man, man bet on himself and man won. Look at that. Um, no, I feel like I've, I've completed goal number one because I haven't touched a single game in my backlog other than Trails of Cold Steel 4, which I did want to play. Okay. I waited until okay. last month to start it, I think. Two months okay. ago, three months ago. How long have I been playing this game? I don't know. Time is real. <laughs> I'm just lost. <laughs> I respect it. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to play next. Trails of Cold Steel 5, right? Now they stop at 4. After Trails 4, it goes... Of- Trails into Reverie, okay. and then the next game is in Japanese, still not given an English title yet. Kuro, Kuro no Kusaki. Well, congratulations, Seth, on accomplishing your goals, and it's already it's only September. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm certainly stressed out about that backlog, though. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna burn through mine really fast. I wanted to get to 100 platinums. I started the year with 87, and as of Wednesday, August 31st, I have 87 platinums. I have not platinumed a single <laughs> game this year. We'll see. I don't know. I think I can reach 100, but I, I really got to start caring in a way that I just haven't the last eight months, nine months. So we'll see. Uh, number two on my goals, I wanted to beat Ocarina of Time 3DS and Final Fantasy 13 specifically. Those were two games I wanted to beat. Uh, I think I'm actually going to start Ocarina of Time 3DS probably this weekend. I've never finished that game before. I have started and played Ocarina of Time so many times, but I've never actually beaten the game myself. So time to cross that one off the list. I wanted to begin a Twitch channel for 2000s era comic book games. I have done that. I have started a Twitch channel. I have played several hours of X-Men Legends on that Twitch channel. So I'm going to count that as a win. Look at uh, you. 
Yeah, I wanted to play a new Apple Arcade game each week for the podcast. I've done that. I've never talked about them on the podcast. Uh, Star Trek Fleet Command is pretty fun. You should play it. And uh, number five, beat one recommended game a month, according to the podcast. I uh, forgot this was one of my goals, and I've never asked you guys to recommend a game for me to beat. That's true. So probably going to start with uh, Trails of Cold Steel 4, George. Oh, get the hell Jump out of here. Jump in there, buddy. <laughs> get the hell out of here. Uh, Austin, you ready to hear yours? Yes. All right. You wanted to Platinum Persona 5. It is still possible. I just need to play the game, which I have not done so far this year. Is it likely? Uh, Frankly, probably not. No. (laughs) Probably not. We'll see about your second goal. You want to play through the rest of the main Zelda games you've never beaten, including Link's Awakening Remake, Oracle of Ages and Seasons, Link to the Past, and Minish Cap. Speaking of probably not, that was too ambitious. So no, that is probably also not going to happen. (laughs) Do you think you could beat one of those by the end of the year? maybe I might be able to finish Link's Awakening at bare minimum because I, I was, have that I was, sitting on my Switch I was thinking Minish Cap is probably most likely that is a good one too and your third and final goal you wanted to stick to only five full price games in 2022 okay so I think this one I'm still actually going to hit I so far have purchased Gran Turismo 7 and Monster Hunter and that's it so I think I can make that work still. I am going to buy Splatoon. I'm going to buy God of War. And frankly, that's probably it for the rest of this year. So that would put me at four. Nice. <laughs> Didn't God of War get pushed back next year? No. It's oh, uh, November. I'm proud of myself for at least like reaching that one, though. At least I think I'm going to, because that was the one where... I don't think I bought too many games last year, but I was trying to set some financial goals as well. <laughs> I think that's actually probably the most important goal you had. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So, well, cool. We're we're making our way. We'll see where we're at at the end of the year. Hopefully, we can all knock out some of these goals. Seth already won, so we don't yeah, have to worry too much on that front. I feel like I, I gave myself kind of a shoe in, though. You know, like mine, mine are pretty. Easy. Oh, really? Your th- your third was a shoe a shoe in. Is that what you're? And your first. In. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sweating it. <laughs> I do um, want to ask George a question. Yeah, please. Okay, here it comes. George, how difficult on a scale of 1 to 10 was the Platinum for Rift Apart? Not difficult at all. It was the previous Ratchet & Clank game, like the remake for PlayStation 4. That one was way more frustrating because you had to replay the game several times to get everything you needed to upgrade all the weapons. And they completely removed that from rift apart uh rift apart is probably like a 12 to 13 hour platinum it's not very long at all and it's you super, got it austin super fun yes i have it too you got it i got it no way bro if i mean if austin can do it yeah maybe i should play that one just to get that summer platinum and then maybe spiral three i heard spiral three is the easiest of the three to platinum Spyro 3, like, I I was super into those games. I never played them before. And then, like, last December, maybe the December before, I played them on the podcast and, like, platinumed all three of them back to back to back and just had a blast. I'd never played the Spyro games before, and those are super fun. I love Spyro. It's, like, super fun. I played it a lot as a kid. 
better than Crash Bandicoot. Better than Crash. Yeah, Bandicoot. it is better. I don't than Crash care Bandicoot. what you people say. I love Crash Bandicoot too, but it's it is a better series. Are there any <laughs> skateboarding levels in Crash Bandicoot? Crash Bandicoot's no. like mechanically extremely punishing. I think it's like too hard for kids. Who was like the, the demographic they were aiming for? And as Austin just confirmed, there's no skateboarding levels. So what's the point? Why would you How want about- to play as a bandicoot who's running when you could play a dragon who skateboards? Are we sure Crash Bandicoot doesn't have any skateboarding levels? I swear to God, that was like a PlayStation thing, like Crash Bandicoot with a skateboard back in the day. There might be. I'm not exactly positive. I will say there were some interesting levels in Crash Bandicoot. There's one where you fly a plane, so that's something. That is true. But do you ever play a as a dragon? No. You know, no. It's, I mean, and dragons no. are sweet, so. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the little purple ones. Yeah. I'm excited for you, Coach. Spyro is awesome. The, the other platinum I recommend to you to hit your quarterlies, Star Wars Episode One Racer. Hmm. I remember you playing that and you said you liked it. I had never played that game before. I'd only played like the arcade version, like when you were in the actual pod. Oh, that was awesome, man. And if I ever become a billionaire, that'll be like my first purchase is like getting that arcade cabinet. Dude, last month uh, they had the lottery, man. That person won that one point something billion. Well, that idiot probably isn't spending money on episode one racer. Love that game. That's a super fun platinum too. How is the, I'm curious how the platinum is for um, Republic Commando. You think that's when you could get coached? I think that game's hard. Okay, so I I studied it out because I'm like, okay, I need to get this because this is one of my favorite games, right? So basically, the two hardest things to do is one, you got to beat it on hard mode, right? So you're going to die a lot of times. And actually, that's one of the, the trophies is to die a certain amount of times. But the other one is when you're on Geonosis at the beginning and you're going through the... Um, their hive you have to when you go into that area you have to snipe all of the eggs without them waking up so i have to take a look at that i have to try that one out but it's not terribly difficult except for those two things so i'm sure doing it on hard not bad it's just that one part so i think if you play 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 you'll get it i'm playing it on normal and like god damn man like those super battle droids on normal are such a pain in the ass. Yep. They can be. I looked up the trophy guide on PSN profiles and it says Love it takes, that site. Yep. It's the one of the best. It says it yep. takes fifteen hours, one playthrough, and a three out of ten difficulty. So not too I, I think bad. it might be a little bit more than maybe for me, but um but yeah. So how about those <laughs> on the coast uh scale. Yeah, on the coast scale. How about them Star Wars games that got uh um delayed right have they said anything about that that one uh that all they did was show the cgi little teaser the night's older oh, no not that one the other one yeah that's just probably in that's not gonna hell. come out Austin and i were talking last week like i doubt very much that, that game is ever coming out ever that and metroid 4 will never come out I think Metroid 4 could come out like 20 years from now. Like, I believe Nintendo would like release a game 20 years after it was made, 10 years after well, it was made. Well, Miyamoto said Pikmin 4 is already done. It's just sit, sitting waiting. So, dude, he said that, no joke, coach, like at this point, seven ago, or maybe? eight yeah. years ago. Yeah. And I also- just think about that consistently. I'm like, where? What is this man talking about? Where is this game? <laughs> I went to E3 in. God, 2014 
I was like writing for a website and I was living in Los Angeles and I like put a whole bunch of people up in my apartment for the night because I just like didn't have a, a hotel space for them. And so I did that. And then while everyone was traveling, I was the only person who wasn't traveling because I already lived in Los Angeles. So I was just doing like news coverage for them. So I was just watching the PlayStation press conference and just writing news stories. And that was how I was able to get a ticket. They're like, oh, dude, you really showed up tonight. Thank you. Here's a pass for you. And so I, that was how I got in. But man, I remember writing a a reveal article for Dead Island 2 in 2014. And that game just got a brand new reveal trailer a week ago. It's a Duke, it's a Duke Nukem of our era. It really is, man. Good grief. You guys have anything else you'd like to add? Any Any final notes? Are there any games you guys are excited for for the rest of the year? Yeah, God of War. Splatoon and God of War, and that's it. Um, Splatoon and Pokemon. That's all I got. Yeah. Coach, you missed it. I've been having like a Switch renaissance lately. Like, I've been so into my Switch. I got really into Xenoblade Chronicles, really enjoying that game. And then from there, I just went through, I started playing Super Mario 3D World again and just having a blast and like really appreciating the Switch for the first time since I bought it, to be completely honest. Isn't 3D World such a good game? The more I think about it, man, it might be like, I think. I think Galaxy is my favorite 3D Mario game, but I think 3D World is probably the best 3D Mario game. Yes, right? it, one, it like, 100% is. Like, mechanically the best one. Also, just to kind of regroup to what I, what we brought up before about Pikmin 4, because <laughs> I looked it up, uh, Eurogamer on September 7th, 2015, Jesus. said that they had spoken... In an exclusive interview with Shigeru Miyamoto, where he said it was very close to completion. And he said, they're always working on the next one. This was in 2015. We can confirm that Pikmin 4 is in development, but that's all we can confirm at the present. About 2015, I was pretty poor in the amount of times I told utility companies, like, no, no, the check is in the mail. Uh, he, he's completely <laughs> just, the check is in the mail. In it's out there. It's just waiting. One day we're going to get a Nintendo no, Direct dude, it's, and it's they're going to be like, Pikmin 4 is out. Yeah, no, we sent them to, <laughs> to stores like six years ago. Like any day now, I'm sure it'll come up. It was the on fly the... Chain issues. Yeah, it was on the, the <laughs> Evergreen or whatever that, that boat was that got stuck in the Suez Canal last year. Like it was all, yeah. all on that boat. I love the fact that now everyone's like trying to hype up some Direct next month. Oh, yep. is it? It's yeah. happening. It's going to happen. Uh, it's okay. going to happen. Yeah, so before before we wrap up, let's have like an actual fun conversation. Austin shared a story with us earlier about like a rumored Nintendo Direct that's happening in September where they're going to reveal Legend of Zelda Wind Waker for Switch. They're going to reveal Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess for Switch. Yeah, yeah. And Metroid Prime Collection for Switch. And I the first thing I said was, holy crap, that sounds awesome, which is why I don't believe it, because I feel like just Charlie Brown with a kickball at this point. Like yeah. the amount of times the internet has set me up to kick a field goal and then just pull the ball away at the last second. I can't even count that high. So there's no way this is happening, right? Like I think there will be a direct, there's, but there's no way we're going to get the games we actually want, right? Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I 100% think a direct is happening next month because between this and the snitch who has been that big Twitter leaker over the past few months, who's gotten literally everything right that he's leaked. He leaked a direct for September as well. So I 100% think a direct is happening, but do I think necessarily that 
when Waker and Twilight Princess and Metroid Prime are all going to be announced in the same direct? Absolutely not. <laughs> so are you going to pay another $60 for um, Wind Waker HD? I mean, like we have it on the Wii U. Like it's going to look the same. I will. It's going to play this. I, I don't want to play my Wii U anymore. <laughs> I, I will absolutely pay for that. Um, yeah. So $120 for both of those games. It'll probably be 60 for total i i can't I imagine they this is because think about it skyward sword was 60 that's true that is true but that was the only yeah, not the only but that was the only like original wii zelda game right but, like they could in theory bundle this as like the gamecube collection they're not going to but like as a fan i like in my heart i want to believe that they that they will they're do gonna it. i mean here's they did they did the mario 3d all-stars collection right like I was about to bring that up. I was going to say they're going to release this and they're going to say it's going to come out November 1st. Yeah, I know, right? And we're going to take it off the eShop. March 31st. At the end of, at the, yeah. end of the year. Yeah. It'll be available for nine <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Get ready, boys. <laughs> Jeff Keighley is the leaker, right? Like the snitch or whatever. That's Has like his, bur- his burner account. This the is the most important is job Jeff I, Keighley has. Uh, I thought it was generally agreed on that it was a YouTube yeah. employee. That's the theory, is that it's a YouTube employee and they're looking on the back end and seeing all the oh, videos that have been uploaded all this, all and the scheduled stuff. private. Okay. Yeah. So, which would make sense because yeah. they've leaked things from everybody at this point. Like, it hasn't just been one platform or one... Eventually, one, one of these companies is going to get, like, really sly to it, though, and they're going to, like, upload a fake trailer or something. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to get leaked and they're going to be like, okay, well, now we know where it's coming from. Man, the mole hunt episodes of like a spy show are always like the most fun episodes. So yeah, I hope that happens. And I hope Aaron Sorkin writes a script about it. I'd watch that movie. I wonder who Bryce Dallas Howard's going to play in it. Mark Ruffalo is probably going to be Reggie Fiamme. I'm into it. I will watch. is going to be the leaker. Oh, God. Yes. So as far Um, as Zelda, I would much rather have a remake of the original Zelda with the um, engine and graphics of Link's Awakening. I think, I mean, for me, I'd rather do that. I'd want to see that. Like, that was my first Zelda game, right? Playing it back in the day when it first came out. I think there's potential for another remake. Um, One, because Grezzo has not done anything since. um, What's the game that we just talked about? The Switch one, George? Link's Uh, Awakening? Yeah, Link's Awakening, which that was what 2019 maybe 2020 a couple years ago yeah so they haven't really done anything since then but i'm gonna put money on it being either oracle of ages and seasons yeah i could or minish cap i would think it's gonna be one of those is is outright owned by nintendo or are they still like third party i'm not entirely sure about that second party i guess let me look it up yeah but i um i'll be curious to see what they do because yeah this leak that I found this was from, from video games Chronicle. They said that this is going to be like a Zelda blowout direct. So they might announce some of this stuff. They might have info on breath of the wild too. Why oh, though? It's, it's not even like an anniversary. Like last year was the anniversary. That's when right. we do like a blowout. Right. For- they're probably starting like the hype train for breath of the wild too. If, if they're going to do that, then you could assume that March is going to be the release, right? Or did they say holiday? For Breath I, of the Wild 2. I thought they said spring, if I'm remembering correctly. I, I can't recall. Um, no, I don't think Brezzo is owned by okay. 
um, Nintendo, just for clarification. And no, they really have not released a, a big game since 2019. They ported Miitopia Spring to the Switch this year. Man, but. it's I I hate to put on like my Seth shoes right now, but I'm gonna have like a total Seth take about this. Like Nintendo completely ruined any goodwill they had with Breath of the Wild because like Breath of the Wild 2 was announced and it felt like they were going back to the Nintendo 64 days of like Ocarina of Time came out. Here's a brand new Zelda game called Majora's Mask. It came out like what a year later. This was just reusing assets and reusing yep. the engine and everything. And it was just like, holy crap, we got a Zelda game so fast. And it seemed like that's what they wanted to do with Breath of the Wild 2 when they announced it, right? Like, holy crap, a whole new Zelda game like built on the same engine, like released two years later. We're so lucky. And then all of a sudden it's been like, what, three years since they announced it? I actually right? forgot about it. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, no, like you guys didn't. completely dropped the you guys completely dropped the ball with what you were hoping to achieve with this announcement. So congratulations. Like now we're all angry and you're not making money. So like what You're angry? I'm I'm a little frustrated. Like I would have been way more into it if they just like announced it and been like, hey, it's coming out this year. And it like uh, like okay, like it's ready. Like I thought it was gonna be just like a wham bam quick follow up because like Yeah, for sure. Always. P's, yeah, and, P's I, and Q's, but like they just wanted to like follow it up and they just dropped the ball. Well, the fascinating thing is, too, I didn't even realize this until recently, but this is the longest time we have had between uh, two original Zelda games. Really? So the yeah, the time between Breath of the Wild and Breath of the Wild 2 is the longest gap we have ever had when it comes to that excluding be. remakes. That cannot be true. Yeah, it is. Skyward Sword was 2011. Yeah, it was 2011, but here's the thing. And Twilight um, Princess I'll... was 2005. Twilight Princess was 2006, but then you had Phantom Hourglass 2007, Spirit Tracks uh, 2009. Okay. Skyward Sword 2011. And then even between Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild, we had A Link Between Worlds 2013. So they... I don't know where they're going with that series, and I, I agree with you, George. I think when they announced it, it was kind of implied that oh yeah this is going to be a quick turnaround well i wonder if it has anything to do with that new software that they they're using that um upreses and it's going to make everything look a lot better so i mean we don't know what's happening on the back end right so to me it hasn't bothered me i know it's been a while but it honestly hasn't bothered me that much maybe just because that's you know, easy last... to say for somebody that doesn't play video games. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! Shots fired! <laughs> it's just it's weird Coach is, too. Coach is nodding. It's it's weird too because like I started playing Xenoblade Definitive Edition because everyone was talking about how great Xenoblade Chronicles Three was, and I was like, okay, like I'm I'm gonna burn through this series as fast as I possibly can. But everyone has to say about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is like, oh, this game's great. I just wish the Switch didn't struggle to play it. And it's like, all right, you're really telling me, like, granted, the Nintendo team that's making Zelda is probably their top tier team, if not like the Mario team is their top tier team, right? Like, those are their two best studios. And I don't think it was their best. Like, Monolith is not their best, right? Like, they don't know the hardware as well as Nintendo does. But, like, it's still a pretty important game. And so I'm, I assume... That Breath of the Wild 2 is going to run better than Xenoblade Chronicles 3 will. But I am also afraid, like, because it's going to run better, it's not going to be as ambitious as they probably want it to be by now, right? Because it's one of those things where, like, oh, well, this game is only of X quality because it came out a year after the original. But now it's been three years, four years since, like, Breath of the Wild. Or Breath of the Wild came out in 2017. It's been five years now. Yeah, five years. 
So it's like, all right, like we're kind of expecting more now that it's been so long. By the way, just wait until you get to Xenoblade Chronicles 2, because when you're playing in handheld on that game, it runs no joke, George, at like 240p. It's it's rough. It's it very blurry. Sick. Can't wait yeah. to get there. So, but I've heard three was a massive improvement. My understanding is they really, really fixed the performance and graphics. I've been I've been playing everything three. docked mode, man. I love my my wireless GameCube controller. That's how I want to play all my Switch games. Nice. Wait, what? I got a, like you... the the wireless the PDA. What, what's it called? Like the. Oh snap! I thought you were talking about when it, when you say wireless game controller. I'm thinking about the original one. I'm like, like the Wavebird. No, no, yeah, no. Like, bro. How are you getting that to play on there? Like, I bet you could. I bet you could. They got that USB dongle for GameCube controllers for for That's Smash true. Brothers. I bet you could. Bro, I love that controller when it came out. Yeah, it's playing Resident Evil remake on that. Oh, it is. It is still the best controller. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up there. Thank you all for listening. Of course, you already know if you're listening to us, but we're on pretty much everything. So share the show with your friends. Let them know they can find us wherever they listen to their podcasts. We are on social media at Frameskip Pod on pretty much everything. We are also available individually on social media. I am at Austin J. Eller. George is at Purplebird616. That's also where you can find his sister podcast short box summary so go find that there Woo, george what what have you got coming up on short box summary uh this week we've got uh daredevil 2003 starring ben affleck and nice and jennifer garner and next week i've got an interview hopefully with heather antos who was an editor of marvel comics she like oversaw all the star wars books when that license came back to marvel so very excited for that interview who is it very cool heather antos well what did she do she was the editor in charge of like a bunch of books at like around 2015, including a bunch of the Star Wars books. Do you know which ones? Uh, Dr. Afra, Darth Vader. I think were her two big ones. Oh, okay. You're talking comic books. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking like novels. I'm like, wait, what? You got me interested there for a <laughs> I, second. I, I never got into the novels, man. I, I always wanted to. Like, I bet if I had those in audiobook, I'd get more into them, but. And then, of course, Seth is also on Twitter at Seth the Nineties Kid. That's right. Coach is not on Twitter. He's just working. I'm riding away. my bike. Working away. He's bike packing. That's right. Bike packing. He's folding up that bike, taking it on planes. So, thank you all for listening. Hope to catch you guys next week. We'll see you then. Peace. Bye. Smooch. <laughs>